You're listening to a podcast from Northeast Christian Church. For more information about Northeast, go to ncclex.org. Thanks for listening. The text comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, if you want to go ahead and turn there in your Bible. About 10 years ago, every week, I had breakfast with a businessman in our community. Well-known, well-respected, great guy, successful man. Every week we'd go to McDonald's or Hardee's, Dairy Queen, have breakfast, spend two or three hours together just talking, building into each other. Well, out of respect, I would always drive. So I pull up into his driveway one day, he comes out, gets in the car, we're backing out, pulling out of his driveway, and he says, hey, I want you to go down here and take a right and pull into your office. I'm like, okay little out of the ordinary but we'll do it so drive down pull in the office he's like let's go in into the church building for a few moments like all right so we go in and we go into my office he says have a seat in my office but he tells me to have a seat he goes over to this chair I have positioned in the corner and he collapses into this chair and for the next hour he unmasks and reveals details of his life that no one knows and this guy's pushing 80 He's real. Details that I won't share with you this morning. Details that may maybe a few borderline criminal. Some definitely out of bounds sexually when it comes to God's design. And as he's leaned back in the chair, he says, So David, can God deal with that? And I'm thinking, yeah. Yes, he can. And he can deal with it really well. About a week later, we baptize the guy. But I share that story because he's just like every one of us, sailing through life and people are looking at you and from the outside, everything looks great because you've got a mask on. And this guy's successful, a businessman, respected in the community because of his mask. But underneath, he was rebellious. And that's what rebellion is. Rebellion says, I'm I'm gonna trade this identity for another identity because there's some stuff over here I, I know I don't want to be about this but I'm not yet sure how to not be about it so it'll play in my life I'll just put a mask on and then no one will know that's why this series is so important Monty had a good line when we were studying a few months ago prepping for this series Monty had such a good line he said authenticity Being real is not the goal. You're not real just for the sake of being real with someone. You don't unmask and reveal yourself just because that's the thing to do. You're authentic. You're real with someone so they can guide you to growth. That's the goal. So we want to be real this morning so that when you unmask, You're not being real just for the sake of being real. You're you're being nurtured to grow in your faith. That's what God, we think, God wants to do with this series. Move you, me forward in our faith. So being involved in people's lives for about 20 years, I've come to realize that there are two big needs that every one of us has, two. And when these are met, we can move forward. We can flourish in our faith. But if they're not met, we're idle or we may actually go in reverse. The first need, we need someone to listen to us. 
And then we need someone to lead us. You need someone in your life to listen, to hear you, to read between the lines and hear the cry of your soul. You need that. And then you need someone to lead you. After they've listened, after they've heard, they can come alongside you and they can inspire hope or they can call foul, hold you accountable, but build you up. You need someone to listen and then you need someone to lead. And we see this system, we see this structure playing out in a first century church, the church at Corinth. Paul writes to them in his first letter, he writes two letters. In his first letter, he comes along and he lays out this process of listening and leading. And some of you know the context is wrapped up in sexual immorality. So we're gonna weave the topic of sex throughout this teaching, just as a heads up. But we've got it on the screen, 1 Corinthians 6, starting in verse 12. I want you to see this. Paul says, he's listening, he says, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Here's what I want you to see. When we put scripture up here, we put it in quotation marks. This particular verse is a little different. You'll see the quotations are only around the phrase, everything is permissible for me. This is not Paul teaching. This is not the Bible teaching us that everything's okay for us. This is the Corinthian slogan. This is the Corinthian saying, hey, everything's good, man. It's okay. It's no big deal. So I worked at a Taco Bell about 10 years ago. No, excuse me, about 20 years ago. I stepped onto the campus of East Tennessee State University and realized quickly in about two or three months that that civil engineering path that I was on was not for me. So I remember so clearly I had my dorm keys in my pocket. I walked into my room, my roommates there, pulled the keys out, tossed them to them, and I just walked off campus. Didn't tell anyone and never to return. Not my best moment. But while I was there, so those two or three months, I worked at a Taco Bell. Don't eat a lot of Taco Bell. Just heads up, don't eat a lot. So I worked at this Taco Bell and there was a guy named Daryl there. Daryl was a good guy, said he was a Christian. He and I developed a pretty good relationship. Unique fella. He would bring his lunch every day in one of those styrofoam trays wrapped in aluminum foil. And when it was break time, he wouldn't go back into the back break room. He would bring his plate to the counter, kind of lean on the counter, unfold the foil, and eat. And it was allowed. And if a customer came to the cash register, he wasn't checking them out. He wasn't taking the orders, but he would greet them and say hello, and he would just eat his food. Really unique guy, right? So one day he's having some fun with one of the assistant managers. They're in the back a little bit. They're laughing. So I go, hey, what's going on? What's y'all laughing about? Building a relationship with them. And apparently there's some nude photos circulating. And I'm like, wait, Daryl, what's going on here? I thought you were a Christian. Why are you checking out these photos? And his response, Dave, I'm only human. We put our own spin on it. And maybe you say things like, ah, nobody knows. It's really no big deal. It's not hurting anyone. Or my personal favorite, me and God, 
we got this understanding. For the Corinthians, everything's permissible. And Paul listens to that. He hears what they're saying and he reads between the lines. When you listen to someone, you give them one of the greatest gifts you could ever give. When you listen, really listen to someone, you take a time out and you say, okay, in this moment, right now, what is this person saying to me? Regardless of whether they're right or in the wrong, you want to understand their perspective of the experience. And that's what Paul's doing. He's listening. And now that he listens, he's able to empower them. He listens so that he can lead them. So empowering. Notice what he says back in verse 12. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything's beneficial. Oh, you say everything's permissible? It's okay. It's good. Nobody knows. No big deal. But are you being mastered by something? He's saying it doesn't have to be this way. I have this book on my bookshelf. I've never read it, but until Letters of the Binding, it simply reads, I never knew I had a choice. Now, I'm not trying to excuse anyone's behavior for anything, but I believe there are people like that. There's probably pockets of people in this room right now. Something's occurred in your life and now that's your identity. And you're thinking, I have no other choice. This is who I am. This is the way it has to be. I'll never forget when I graduated high school, walking across the stage to shake the principal's hand and receive the diploma. I did so as a father. My oldest daughter was born one month prior to my high school graduation. I'd been attending a local church for about a year, year and a half, something along those lines. And the pastor and I were developing a pretty good relationship. He was treating me as a mentoree and he was kind of my mentor. And then he got busted for some pretty nasty stuff. He also had a mask on and it rocked my world. So I leaned away from the church and I leaned into my girlfriend and she and I brought a girl into this world sometime later I decided you know what all that stuff they said in high school sex ed class it's true about statistics so now I'm a stat and so is this baby girl that I've brought into the world we're just a statistic and I guess that's how it has to be but I decided to go back to this church. They got a new pastor, go back to the church and check it out. And looking back, I know that was a make or break moment for me. So I go back to this church and I bring my daughter. Do you know how they responded? They welcomed me. They loved on me. They told me how pretty this little girl was. They suspended judgment they empowered me to realize it doesn't have to be this way. I would ask you, some of the thinking that comes along with the idea that, hey, everything's permissible, it's okay, no big deal, nobody knows, just between me and God. Some of the thinking, thinking that, comes that way, comes with that leaves a little residue, doesn't it? Leaves you feeling guilty or shameful or disconnected. And maybe you're thinking, 
just a stat. I have no other choice. Paul comes along and says, that thinking's not beneficial. Don't be mastered by that. It doesn't have to be this way. And for some of you are thinking, how do I get out of this? When you wrap up those two terms together, beneficial and being mastered by anything, it means does this concur with your circumstances? In other words, you got, you got a guy, he's married, 10 years deep into this marriage. Things are going well, a couple of kids, nice place. But at work, there's this secretary. It's not that she's really attractive. It's just that they have chemistry. And he's like, man, I've never met anyone like this before. We, we, we think the same way. We laugh at the same jokes. It's like, gosh, it's like we're meant to be together. There's just this attraction. Does that concur with your circumstances of being married and having a couple of kids, this life? You got a follower of Jesus, a Christ follower. Nobody knows, but he checks out for a while. And over here on the side, he's got this going on. And behind closed doors, no one knows because there's a mask, right? Behind closed doors, this is going on. Does that concur with your circumstances as a follower of this guy, Jesus? But the mask, the rebellion, it says, I know, I know, I know. I don't want to be about that. I just don't know how not to be about that. So Paul listens and he starts to lead. And the first thing he says is it doesn't have to be this way. He empowers them. And next, he aligns them. And I could talk for days on this. He aligns them. Here at Northeast, we talk about being a great commission church. And I look forward to the day when every single one of us, we know our place in this church. We know our value. We know our giftedness. We know where to serve. And we're all on the same page spiritually, moving this forward through the power of the Holy Spirit. I could talk for days on this. But Paul aligns these people with a mission much larger then they're thinking, now everything's okay. Everything's permissible. It's not hurting anybody. In verse 19, he writes, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? In other words, God has given you and me, everyone in this room who is following Jesus, he's given us his Holy Spirit to correct and guide and rebuke and encourage and uplift and support so that we're brought into this mission of God, this redemptive mission. We're part of that. Do you, do you really believe that? That this creator who wants to redeem his fallen creation has invited you into this? He is aligning you with his purposes to prove it. He's deposited the Holy Spirit in your life and in my life. He wants you aligned with him. But when you've got the mask on, you take away from that and you're misaligned with this thing over here. And I know maybe you don't really wanna be about that because when you're about it, yeah, there's a temporary fix, but then it's over and the guilt and the shame and the disconnectedness. So you really don't wanna be a part of it 
but you don't know how not to be a part of it. So Paul's listening and he's empowering and he's aligning them with this purpose. This is huge. He goes on in his letter, chapter 12, and he writes, in the context of the spiritual gifts, context of this Holy Spirit being given to all of us, he says there's a problem that arises when you've got these masks on and you're rebellious towards God's design. There's this attitude that begins to surface in the life of a church and the Corinthians had it going on. And he wants them to remove this mask so they're not misaligned, but they're aligned with this mission. And here's what he writes. These are the two attitudes that pop up in 1 Corinthians 12. This attitude that I don't belong here. And if you've got a mask on, you're hiding something. And I bet you do feel uncomfortable when you're with other Christians. Because when you have a mask on, you probably feel like you don't belong. You probably assume that everyone else has it together. Everyone else's life is in good shape. I imagine that some of you would look at some other people and say, I wish my life was more like theirs. Maybe I don't belong here. And this other attitude that arises is I don't need you. I don't need you. I got this. It's under control. It's not hurting anyone. It's no big deal. No one knows. Me and God, we're good. Paul says, no. Be aligned with this mission that is so much greater. So may I ask you, May I ask you this thing that you could fill in the blank, this thing on the side, this thing you know you don't want to be a part of, you don't want to be a part of you, but you can't distance yourself enough from it. What's it doing for you? What's it really doing? And maybe not even in the moment, after the moment. Filling a, a void. There's probably a need you have that's being unmet relationally. So you know if you lean into this, at least for a time, it'll fill that void. And it doesn't last long, but man, while it's going on, at least it gets me through. That's misalignment. The Holy Spirit is in you to move you beyond that, to align you with your purpose. You are called to be a part of something much greater than this thing over here. So as he's leading, you know, he's listening, empowering them, aligning them, and to lead them, he deploys this church. Every Christ follower, he deploys them. Here's what he writes in verse 20. He says, you're not your own. Remember that. Those of you who have surrendered to Jesus, you're not your own. You were bought with price. And you know what that price is. It's the blood of God's son. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. The way you handle your time, the way you handle your resources, may that be in a way that honors this God who has purchased you for a purpose. When I think of little Bella, my youngest, she's four, I think she's on the path of some kind of 
engineering, mechanics, something like that. She loves tools, loves to tinker, the best helper. If something's going on around the house, you can hear Bella saying, hey, can I help daddy? Can I help mommy? Loves to help and she's good at it. And when you're giving her full attention, 100% attention, she is on fire. She's filled. She is ready to roll. Great things happen in her life. But if you turn your back for a little bit, leave her to herself, she will self-admittedly say, I'm bored. And that's when you need to be on guard. When Bella's bored, most of the conflict between her and her siblings, that's when it occurs, when she's bored. Did you read that article a few years ago? Those teens who were busted for shooting a guy. So they're arrested, they're brought back to the station, they're working through it, and the reasoning shakes out. Do you know why they did it? They shot a guy. And self-admittedly, do you know why? They were bored. Not excusing the behavior, but I understand the road or the path that boredom can lead someone down. And what about you? Maybe there's been a couple of unwise decisions, not unhealthy choices, and you made them when you were bored. When I look out at a church, especially Northeast, gosh, this church is primed for growth. When I look out at Northeast, I think, oh my gosh, are there any of these people who are bored? And I want to check in and ask, because I'm a big spiritual gift guy, not stuff that's like miraculous and things like that, but practical hands-on ministry. If God has given us his Holy Spirit, then with that Holy Spirit comes gifts. Every one of you, no exception. And I look out at you and I think, are you serving in a way in which you've been gifted by God? Because scripture's clear, we don't choose our gifts. He chooses who gets what gifts. And I look at you and I think, are you serving in your area of giftedness and passion? Or are you spiritually bored? And I get really concerned when people are spiritually bored. Bad things happen when you're bored. I want you to be spiritually alive, serving through your passion. You're bought at a price. Honor God with your body, your time, your talents, your resources. That's why you were created. But you see what's going on here. He's listening, really hearing, reading between the lines. He's empowering this church, aligning them with the purpose and deploying them. But this, this deploying, it's a big ask. Yes, there is a K on the end of that word. There's a big ask involved here. Paul is challenging them. And I want to challenge you the same way. So here we go. It's time for a big ask. You got some stuff going on that you really don't, you know, you don't want to be about it. But unfortunately, you are about it. You don't know how not to be about it. Will you talk to someone? And it may take a little time. You may need a little coaching. But will you find someone that will really listen to you? Right now, second service, right now in the gym, we have a guy, Garrett Murphy. He and his wife are talking about a multi-year-long porn addiction that this guy had and how they've worked through it. 
right now. Talking about this, listening to others is so important to move beyond some of these sexual issues. And I believe God is stirring in his church to clean up sexual messes, empower people and align them with a much larger purpose. So the big ask, we would take the steps necessary today to find someone who will listen to you so they can lead you to growth and move you forward in your faith. Big ask, will you log off? Maybe you're someone who bad things happen as soon as you open up the laptop. Bad stuff happens. And maybe you need to just hear it from the stage. Stop. Paul tells this Corinthian church, he says, flee porneia. That's the Greek word for sexual immorality. It's where we get our word pornography. He says, flee. Don't ask questions. Run in the opposite direction. Log off for a while. Stop. Several years ago, Michelle, maybe this was early on, earlier on into our marriage and I remember, she got a magazine subscription for me. I think it was Men's Fitness, something like that. And in the back where all the advertisements were, they could get a little risque. I remember going to the post office once a month, opening up the box and seeing that Men's Fitness magazine and knowing what was in the back. I mean, it's not that revealing, but it can get your mind going. So as I pulled the magazine out of the box, the first thing I did was flip to the back of the magazine, take about the four or five pages, rip them out, toss them in the trash before I even left the post office. Log off, flee, stop, do whatever you can. Big ask. The affair ends today. Wearing your mask really well, and no one has any clue that there's something going on that shouldn't be going on. Will you end that today? Today, it stops. You can do this. You're created for so much more, purchased for a purpose to be aligned with this mission of God. Don't waste your time over here. As you're considering these challenges, I want to speak to the students. Parents, I need your attention as well. Students, you live in a difficult day. So much more difficult than when I was a student. And my prayer, my hope is that you have or will find someone who will listen to you and then really lead you into growth. There was an article put out last week, very controversial. Some people saying, yes, accurate. Other side saying, no, it's not accurate, misinformation. But the gist of the article was that a certain form of sexual expression, whether it's trendy or not. Students, sexuality is not trendy at all. And I know there's pressure, even for you girls, there's pressure to embrace pornography. You need someone who will listen to you 
and lead you away from that road. And I know in the moment, certain guys, certain gals, sexting, it's not secret. Don't press the sin button. Don't make a decision that you're going to later regret, maybe even for months or years. Parents, there are two big barriers to creating a deep culture of communication in your home. Barrier number one is that the parents speak too much. A few weeks ago, Sophie, my nine-year-old, she came up, we were talking. She was so frustrated with me halfway through the conversation. She just said, Dad, you don't understand. Took a step back. Said, you're right, kiddo, I don't. And now is a great opportunity for me to listen so that I can understand. Parents, I know it's easy to prematurely evaluate whatever experience your child's having. And then you just start shooting out solutions and you're speaking too much. Just listen. May I ask you, when was the last time you locked eyes with your child and you just listened? No speaking. Reading between the lines, getting below the surface, hearing the cry of your child's soul. The second big barrier is that the solutions come way too soon. You hear bits and pieces of what's going on in your child's life, makes you uncomfortable, makes you mad. Maybe you've been down that road. So what do you do? You go into fix mode. I want to leave you with a thought. Responsible listening is response-able. When you listen responsibly to your child, you are able to respond in a way that empowers them and aligns them and deploys them. You can really lead them, but only after you listen. Are you up for that? Parents do everything you can to break down those barriers so that you can listen and then lead your child. Last service, we witnessed a baptism. A guy who said, you know what? I'm done with that. Done. Died to his sin, was buried and raised to new life. Or he took off the mask and it revealed a lot not to be real, but to take the next step in his faith, to move forward. What about you? You remove that mask, you can experience redemption, and that's available to you right now. Right now in this moment. I'll pray, hang around down here to your right. I'd love to listen to you, really listen. And then maybe we can start leading you forward in your faith. Father, you're a good God. You're patient and kind. You're loving and helpful. 
and you listen and then you lead us thank you Father thank you for paying our debt and perching us perching us with uh, the blood of your son Jesus for a purpose may our response be to honor you with our bodies and to praise you the one who paid our debt to praise you Father for making our lives white as snow and there are probably some here this morning who have stains will you convince them through your Holy Spirit that those stains can be cleansed and removed but it will require us taking off this mask of rebellion we commit this time to you Father in the name of your Son Jesus Amen